week. Oh my God, Solomon! Oh my God, sir! Didn't we just finish weeping? Now you gotta grieve too. Hashtag seriously. Listen, this wasn't sitting well with me either. My spirit was quite perturbed. Spoiler alert: still plenty more list to go, so hang tight. Anyway, for the record, grief is slightly different from weeping. Not everyone who grieves cries, though they often team up. Remember last week I had said weeping, among other things, is associated with grief, and when a person weeps, either they are experiencing great anguish or extraordinary loss. Well, grief or mourning is dealing with the loss part. Let's be clear: though that loss does not always apply to death. You can grieve something or someone that is very much alive. It would be super easy for me to sit here and tell you about the casualties of what I deemed my great loves, or I can agonize over the one I felt got away. I could avidly relive every gory detail and paint a graphic picture of my "woe is me, I'm undone" pity party, but as a matter of clarity rather than transparency. I would like to talk about the loss of my mothers. Yes, plural. Hashtag, both of them. If you're new here, my biological mother died when I was two years old, and my adopted mother at eight. Actually, I may have been more like seven. While most of the details of my early days are sketchy, I didn't even realize that many of my responses to life's inconveniences was my grief screaming to be addressed. You'd think that due to these losses, I struggled when they happened to me. I mean, sure, for a bit, at least to the capacity that my adolescent mind could comprehend. But the real fight came about thirteen years later, in my twenties. Who knew grief could lie dormant? So there is no confusion. I will limit this story to Mom Number Two, as she is the one I have the most memories of. I remember thinking in my over-exaggerated mind that I was the kid, or the place rather, where mothers went to die. For a long time, whenever I thought about it or wanted to try to understand, my jump-off point was always, "What kind of god lets a kid lose her mother not once but twice?" Something about that thought posture never sat right with me. So, like many folks, I neatly tucked those feelings back in a trunk. Stuffed them at the back of a closet and softly closed the door, cause hey, and insert my black mama voice. Me and God ain't no company. Unlike my siblings, I have no exciting mom stories. Yes, I can recall things she said here and there, but even those, I'm sure, are more me repeating what I heard my sister say. Whenever something went wrong in my life, my default position was. This would never have happened if Mummy was alive. In my soul, I believed the trajectory of my life would have been so different, and I don't know whether to be happy or sad about that. Then one day it hit me: Is my aversion to having children out of the fair that I could leave them motherless, or do I dread not knowing what would happen to them should something happen to me? Perhaps I felt my mental capacity to be all in would be limited, 
Every mother I know would take the breath from their own nostril to save their child. But do I possess that innate gene? I wasn't at all confident that I did. To further salt my already irritated wound, my mommy Darris' funeral was held on Mother's Day Sunday of 88. Coupled with my own almost mother tragedy, though I never said this out loud, it was official. I can't stand Mother's Day. So if you're my friend and you're listening, please don't be offended if I don't call pretending to wish you a happy day. For years, it was like I'd been stockpiling grief as if saving for a rainy day. When we want a biblical reference to pacify our grief, it's easy to pick Job out of a lineup, or even Jeremiah, whose despair was so deep that he wrote the Book of Lamentations, which is an expression of sorrow and mourning, and thus we call him the weeping prophet. For good measure, when life is whipping us like a runaway slave, we run to stories of David, who is undoubtedly the goat of articulating anguish and suffering. But for a more relatable reference, let's talk about Joseph. We hardly mention that his mother died too. If you're unfamiliar, do you remember Jacob, who got swung into working double time to marry his beloved Rachel? Yeah, that's Joseph's mama. She died while giving birth to Benjamin, Joseph's younger brother. Now, if my math is mathing, Jacob went to work for Rachel's father Laban at age 77, where he labored for 14 years to marry her. Bible commentary notes that he was 100 when Ben was born, and Rachel was barren for 14 years before she had Joseph. So if I'm calculating correctly, that puts Joseph at about 9-ish when Rachel died. I think it's safe to say that Joseph didn't know his mama. Sad to say, none of that stopped his brothers from hating the mere thought of him. It didn't even deter them one iota from selling him and telling his father he was dead. Hashtag savagery on 100. By golly, there was enough heartbreak in this family to last two lifetimes. Jacob was so heartbroken, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. Please know the Bible never said this, but I'm sure Joseph was rethinking his whole life somewhere in Potiphar's dungeon. First, his mama died. Then his brothers mocked him, and then they had the nerve to sell him. Thereafter, he was enslaved and thrown into prison. When he finally got some leeway, some dude's wife lied on him, and just like that, he was back to doing the jailhouse rock. It's not far-fetched to believe that he may have entertained the thought, if my mama were here, this would have never happened to me. At this point, Joseph's life was like a well-layered lasagna of misery. Unlike him, I didn't always believe God had my back. Unlike him, I wasn't sure anything would work in my favor. I had my reservations that these incidents could work together for my good. I wasn't sure if I had angered the heavens, but whatever I did, Lord, I sorry, eh? Hashtag SOS. How was I supposed to grieve someone I hardly knew? Why was I mourning a life I never lived? Some may argue that you can't miss what you don't have. Yeah, but that didn't stop me from conjuring in my mind what I felt I was entitled to. 
Kind of like how we fall in love with a man we imagine and not the man that he is. But that's another story for another day. While all the stages of grief are necessary, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, my struggle was the acceptance part. Why me? Why couldn't this devastation happen when I was older? I mean, sheesh, couldn't God at least wait until my prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain responsible for decision-making, couldn't he wait until that was fully developed? At the very least... I felt like my losses at a young age should have earned me a better hand as an adult. Why was I sick? (laughs) How could a whole package deal like me keep on this almost-a-wife merry-go-round? Being sharp as a whip? Why wasn't I jet-setting the globe as a world-renowned journalist along some highfalutin movers and shakers? Pray tell exactly who is in charge of dealing the cards of life up there. I was peeved, y'all. I mean, pissed. Then it hit me. That was the problem. Me, 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 me. And it wasn't the me that made the best of a bad situation. It was the me that was often looking for my pity party card to be validated. It was me holding on to the holy trinity of regret. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Once I accepted that all those things I deemed my valley experience were actually a necessary evil, I began to see things differently. Hashtag renew your mind, eh? But be careful, because while climbing from one ditch, I almost fell into another. So be warned that pits are no guarantee to palaces. Hashtag rude awakening. While Joseph's end is encouraging, His heart's posture probably looked very different from many of us. I wanted to hold on to the sob story and be victorious. Hashtag it now go so. I fed off of the empathy when folks said, Wow, girl, you strong, eh? Wearing it as a badge of honor. Yet, it had me shackled. I relished in people's cookie-cutter phrases like, Girl, God will never give you more than you can bear. Insert Yagging emoji. But if I'm honest, unlike Joseph, who was locked up, he used what he had to improve where he was, while I spent much of my pit time complaining. I mean the five W's and how up to wazoo. Meanwhile, the Josephs of the world became advisors to prison guards. The me's of the world were vexed, and we weren't even imprisoned at all. Sis, Snap out of it. The only thing worse than a physical prison is to be bound in your mind. Hashtag be set free, eh? Hear me. I don't care how deeply seated your grief is. You can't want a palace dwelling with a prisoner mentality. And if by chance you skirt through, you won't be able to maintain it. Palace living will expose your insufficiencies. Hashtag Meghan Markle much? In prison, Joseph was tried and proved he could be trusted as the HNIC. Can you be satisfied with promotion, but in obscurity? It was as if every year I remourned things that kept me distracted from the bigger picture. Nothing changed until I stopped resenting the hand life dealt me. I was the same until I took a ridiculous, borderline, stupid leap of faith. I remained stuck 
until I began using the tools I had at my disposal. Freedom will come sooner when you understand your prison is sometimes your podium and not always your punishment. Acceptance was the key that unlocked my matrix. God asked Samuel, How long do you plan to be here crying over Saul? Because in case you didn't notice, that one name over. I ask you, how long will you let grief keep you stagnant? Hashtag unstuck yourself. While Joseph's dream was a forecast of what was to come, the journey from point A to point B was no easy feat. I don't know about anyone else, but I don't, and sometimes I still don't want to go through anything. But the reality is the only way out for many of us is to go through. Although Solomon cautions us that grief will at some point make an appearance, the why is aptly explained by his father David, who said, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a hand breath, and mine age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Look, I'm not telling you not to cry over your life's misfortunes. Yes, it hurt. <laughs> yes, it was sad. Yes, I'm sorry it happened to you. But ask yourself, now what? Much like in the Bible, I don't see anyone of great repute void of a run-in with grief. While it looks different for all of us, you can't let it cement you in a place you were only meant to pass through. Do you know what would be the real tragedy? For you to lose your life alongside the thing you are crying over. Most times, it never feels like it, but you always have a choice. Moses wrote, Today I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants, that means everybody attached to you, might live. Hashtag you holding up production. Imagine if Joseph had a prisoner mentality. What would be the fate of his family and their descendants? You can't afford to grieve forever, hence Solomon notes it's only for a season. All I'm saying is, don't make your seasonal situation your permanent residence.